Well, welcome. Welcome to another episode of Counterculture Ketchup, where we recap our weekly discussion. Our goal is to motivate the church to influence the culture with the kingdom of God by applying a biblical worldview to every single topic. To my left is our perspicuous pastor, Jamie. What's up, Jamie? Hey, man. How's it going? Good, good. So our topic tonight was the age of the universe again, which we went over last week. But this week we're focusing on the biblical arguments for regarding the age of the universe. And we went over another debate and uh, we'll get all into all that stuff. So be sure to stick around and thanks for joining us. Hi, thanks again for joining us for Counterculture Catch-Up. Uh, if you watched last week's episode and, and you like this kind of content, uh, we would love to hear your comments. Go on the Freedom Church NJ YouTube channel. You can comment there. You, you can watch it or you can, you can listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Google, Google Podcasts. Podcast Addict. Uh, oh, Podcast Addict. That's what I yes, said. Yes, that just doesn't sound... Is a. that Christian? I don't know. <laughs> wait, wait. <laughs> I did it without. <laughs> we'll just ruin the surprise. Ah. Here's our button for this week. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but if you do, if you do enjoy it, definitely comment, hit the like button, subscribe, uh, do all of that because this is where it's at. This is where it's at. Yeah. All right. And good stuff. So, so how was the night, Jamie, for you? Uh, it was good. Um, we were we were looking at another debate again. It was Hugh Ross, mm-hmm. and but this time instead of Jason Lyle, we had Ken Ham, and this this was a lot more focused on the the scriptural understanding or interpretation of Genesis one and two, and then throughout there a bunch of other other scriptures mm-hmm. involved in there too, and uh, it was a pretty it was a, it was a it was a good debate. It was a, a little... Uh, it was hard to watch at some yeah, points, honestly. Yeah, yeah, um, which is un- it's unfortunate. Yeah, we talked. you talked at the beginning of the class. I guess we call it a class, right? And you talked a little bit at the beginning about how we should be treating our brothers and, and sisters in Christ when we disagree right. on a topic. And I don't feel like this debate was the best example of how that should be done. Um, it, it definitely got tense at some points and even kind of passive aggressive. Sure. <laughs> um, um, so, you know, we just want to be careful with doing that. And you want to still make good arguments for, um, for God's word and what we believe it's saying, but to do it in love, like we were saying last week, in gentleness sure. and in, in reverence, not to win an argument. Right. You know? Well, another, another thing that I think is useful, and we had discussed this before, and I think we had brought this up in counterculture, but um, is to, when, you're, when you are, when you have an opposing viewpoint and you, you understand the other person's viewpoint, to make it your goal to allow their, to kind of build their viewpoint, help mm-hmm. them build that. Because yep. if it's true, it will stand up to yeah. that. And if it's not true, it'll, it will crumble. Yep. And, and I think that if you do that, it's, it's a, uh, um, you, you're just a, you're, it's more free. You're doing it in the right, with the right attitude. Yeah. It's like, listen, I don't want to come against you. I want to help you mm-hmm. come to uh, the truth. And I want to know the truth. 
and it might just be me helping you build that. And I say, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, you find out on your own without me saying you're wrong that, wow, that, that just doesn't fit. And mm -hmm. I understand that now, Yeah. you know, and I, I, I like that approach, yeah. you know, it's hard to do because especially if, you, if you're like, I just disagree with this, right. you know, it's hard and you to want to just that. pound them into yeah. the ground for saying, yeah. One thing I, I mentioned this uh, up top, but I think, uh, it'd be good to share here too, is, uh, you know, me and you both have changed our belief from something that we once believed to something else that we now believe. Yeah. Um, because of reading, getting deeper into scripture, you know. Um, but I was saying probably the hardest, the only thing harder than changing a belief from what you've always believed is trying to get somebody else to understand right. something different than they've always grown up with, you know. Sure. Um, and you mentioned this is like such a great point about taking the Lord's name in vain, right? And how we always, like when, when I was brought up, it means don't say these words in a sequential order together, right? But then the more you do the study into what did that mean in the Ten Commandments, right? And it talks more about taking God's name, bearing his name as a Christian, going out into the world and not living it, right. you know? And so um, it kind of just, it's just a little shift, but really it's like, it, at first it's jarring. And there's some things in tonight's debate that were definitely jarring to hear, um, but going into it with an open mind and then trying to, I love that, building up their case, make their case the best right. that it can be. Shine the best light on Shine it. Shine the best possible. light, yes. Because right. anything can be torn down if you just put it in the worst light possible, you know. Um, but that's not really being fair then. To, right. Especially, again, if they're your brother or sister in Christ right. and you love them, then you should be able to help them to understand it and where it is wrong if it is wrong, right? you know. Unity, the bonds of peace, like that's a goal, you know, that, right. that should be our goal, you know, and uh, we all, you know, we're all trying to, to understand the scripture as best that we can and apply what we learn from it mm -hmm. so that we can be as, as useful to, uh, to the Lord as possible, you know, and we can bear as much fruit as possible. Mm -hmm. And that's the goal. And, you know, we can, you know, I, I feel like I, I, I want to kind of want to get into this a little bit and this this idea of like why are we doing this mm -hmm. like why are we going through all right you know this is old news kind of thing is it um, old or is it young <laughs> oh. well, it depends um but uh <laughs> that's right um but but the the importance of it is is that we are well there's a there's actually a bunch of different different things here you know so you're you're learning how to have a conversation with an opposing viewpoint. Mm -hmm. You know, you're learning how to treat someone with love and respect and reverence and uh, preferring them before you, you know, by, by building their case mm -hmm. and or helping them build their case. And then you're, you're also digging into the word and trying to make sure that, and that's a, this is one of the key points of this whole class, this whole counterculture, is that our worldview lines up with scripture. You know, mm -hmm. and if we don't know the scripture and don't test and challenge what we believe, like you were just saying, we, how do we know? How do we know mm -hmm. if we really are lined up? Um, so it's just that I, I like to just reiterate that, you know, mm -hmm. that's the point of counterculture, right. that we can, <laughs> we can just have the best biblical worldview as possible. Mm -hmm. 
and treat the word with perspicuity. There it is. Perspicuity. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the reason. Understand that, it perspicuously. Uh, <laughs> yes. Because we are going into what the Bible says about this topic. And if the Bible is perspicuous, meaning that it is clear enough to be understood, right. then that is that changes the whole nature of this debate. And I don't you know, no pun intended. Both of them were talking about how clear scripture is. They're both saying scripture's clear for this side. And then the other person was saying scripture's clear on, on this side for the, for the old earth or for the young earth. And what was pretty clear to me was as it went on, you started to see that it, it seemed to be like shifting between what was clear because it just said the words and like that's it and then what the other view was was trying to give it more credence by a little more of like the undergirding view of scripture not it's not like directly on the surface you kind of have to do a little digging for it which can be hard to accept at times because you know as a literal bible interpreter you kind of want to just be like this is what it says boom and that's it and while that is usually a, a, a totally valid way of interpreting scripture, sometimes that's not the way that scripture is meant to be uh, interpreted. Sure. And there's there's idioms and there's different um, phrasing that in the Hebrew, which the Bible was originally, the Old Testament was originally written in. And so the word might have a different meaning than what it's brought into in the English and then sure. how, we, how we say it. So um, just to be careful, you know, with um, saying we believe it literally and we believe it literally. It's like, okay, well, literally, what does that? Yeah, what does that mean? What does that mean? Yeah. Sure. So um, you have to take it case by case, you know, and we'll get right. into some specifics on how both of the debaters did it tonight. But, um, sure. yeah, but the perspicuity of Scripture, that Scripture can be understood and that it is... Um, it is sufficient to solve these debates. Sure. There's only one truth. There's only one. You know, and uh, it's what God has revealed in his scripture. So yeah. that's why, that's why that's what counterculture is all about, is getting into scripture deeper so we can know it more, so that we can have um, a firm stance on these topics, but a knowledgeable stance. Yeah. Not just because it's what we've been taught or what we've, what we've heard before. Right. Knowledge puffs up, you know, uh, love yeah. builds up. And our goal is... Not just to build up our knowledge, but, but to be able to use it to, to bear fruit, to, right. to advance the kingdom. Yeah. You know, so, um, so what were some of the, like you had some key points. You wrote a bunch of stuff down. Yes. You had some stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, what's like one of, one of the things that, I don't know, you saw as to be one of the most important things that they had brought up? Yeah. Um, well, I think it got it got into a little bit of what what we were talking about about how they they treated one another really because Ken Ham is he he's very very you know harsh and he's very he knows his Bible and this is this is it you know uh, it can come across very like obtuse sometimes and not the most respectful sometimes he was butting in and you know to get his point across and stuff um, but one thing that I think that he excelled in was saying how scripture is clear on the days of in Genesis chapter 1 and 2. And one point that I I liked what he said was when he was mentioning that God made day 1 the lights, right? And there's God said that there be light. Um day 3 God made the plants. And then day 4 God makes the 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 sun and the moon. And Hugh Ross had a lot of trouble 
you could kind of see him like searching for an answer to that because from his point of view, which is purely scientific point of view, you can't have plants that are thriving without the sun, right? Obviously. Um, But in scripture, it clearly says on day three, he made the plants and then day four, he makes the sun. So, you know, from Ken Ham's point of view, it's like, this is what the Bible says. Even if I can't square that with quote unquote science, um, we have what God said actually happened, you know, sure. <clears throat> and the, the, the actual pattern and, right. and timing, the, the, sequ- of the, the sequence, the sequential yeah. Yeah, pattern of what was made. Yeah. And Although there was light. There right? was light, so, yeah. So um, photosynthesis could have happened, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, it would have to have happened, I would imagine. Yeah. I, I guess. But I don't think Hugh Ross was going that No, that no, direction. he was not going there, right, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the times, Ken Ham would go to Genesis 1, and Hugh Ross would say, we have to interpret Genesis based off of these other passages, all of the passages of Scripture. And on the surface, that's not a terrible argument, sure. because you don't want to just take one passage of Scripture and throw out the rest of it that's on that singular topic. Right. But where I think that Hugh Ross did struggle a bit in making that case was that the passages that he chose, we, we looked into them tonight, there's one in, uh, I have them written down, Proverbs right. 8, yep. Job 38 and 39, and Psalm 104, right. which Hugh Ross was going to and saying, these are almost parallel passages to Genesis, where they kind of go through the days of creation, but not in the, the same way that Genesis does. Right. In more, a, more a kind of detailed. Kind of um, over an overview, or, or yeah, or more detailed yeah, in, in what's going on. Yeah, a little bit more detailed on. rather than a sequential mm-hmm. kind of thing, but like, you know, when he made this, you know, you can go back to, mm-hmm. say, Job 38 and be like, oh, okay, so that's, that's where he's getting that from. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it, if it really works. Like, those passages, I mean, I guess he's trying to harmonize the scripture, right. which is, it's not bad. No, you know, right. you want to harmonize. But you have to harmonize. You have to, exactly. And, and that's, that's a wise thing to do. It's just, you have different genres of scripture mm-hmm. uh, and understanding them to be written that way. Mm-hmm. Um, not that there isn't, there isn't reality to, uh, like the, the statements in Job, there was, there was something there, mm-hmm. but you really have to take the time to break down. What is the hyperbole? What are the hyper- yeah. hyperbolic statements around that substance? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, okay, um, I have to really, really focus on, you know, like we look at uh, Leviathan or, or right. the behemoth. There's a lot of, a lot of uh, exaggeration right. and, and statements that aren't like that you would, you could, if you read literally, you're going to come up yeah. with some crazy thing that, that, mm-hmm. you know, um, spits fire, which it may have, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the fire might be real. Out of his nostrils, yeah, right? Yeah, and smoke from his nostrils. But, and that may be real. Mm-hmm. It's just, is it, is it real? Or is that mm-hmm. one of those statements that's more used for just to show the grandeur of this creature? Right, you know? exactly. And um, I think this is where Ken Ham has the upper hand because those passages are clearly not as perspicuous. Right. They're not as clear as Genesis 1, where God literally says evening and morning were the first day. It's like, we're probably talking about evening and a morning and a day. Like, unless we have a really good reason to not 
believe that sure. that should be like the driving <laughs> way that we're reading it you know and this is where i think hugh ross does have a problem with the um with trying to I, I'm, I'm trying to be char charitable but he views science as and the, the 14 billion years old right and all that as an established fact already and last week he was saying like it's so exact and there's there's no way I can be like a scientist and not believe that. And so then to me, like, I'm like, how is he going to fairly interpret scripture based on that? Because sure. he already has in his mind that this has to be true. So then when reading Genesis, there's, he, he has a presupposition going in and he's saying, it can't be that God made it only this many thousands of years ago because it's not what I see. Right. And I think that's kind of where the, the crux of this issue is because if you had somebody just reading scripture without any contact with the outside world, I don't think you would get billions of years from just reading scripture and, and the right, days. Right. Um, but I, and I'm not as um, knowledgeable on the science aspect of it, so I'm not sure about the, the other way <clears throat> where if you didn't read the Bible at all, but you just did the scientific aspect, would the earth seem like it was... 14 sure. billion years old or not. Sure. And that's obviously what Hugh Ross is saying. Sure. And so he's saying, well, scripture's not wrong. So I have to kind of massage sure. scripture to me. And, you know. and is it observable science? You know, is it, and, and that's, and that, this came up yeah. too. The, the thought of, I think this is a fair question. You know, what, when we look at science, when we observe what's going on, there, there is no place where we could say, um, I've observed something when it comes to not, not the age of the universe yeah. necessarily, or <clears throat> I guess that would be the only one that would come to mind right now. But uh, other sciences, other things mm -hmm. like that, it, you wouldn't look at it and go, well, I observed this, but the Bible doesn't back that up. Mm -hmm. You know, like, especially we have archaeology, things like that, where it's like, it's always proving, it's always the, Bible proving the Bible true. Yeah. And so I could understand his, his perspective yeah. in that because it's like, well, if you're a true scientist, you're, you're looking at just what happens. You're not, you're, you, you may have a guess. Well, if this happens, um, you know, make a hypothesis and you go through the, the uh, scientific method and, uh, but you observe what happens. And if what you thought was going to happen doesn't happen, then your hypothesis was wrong. Right. And so you have to start over again. So it's, um, you don't go into it with a, with a true science. You don't go into it with a bias. With an agenda. You, you yeah. need to say, okay, where is this going to take me? Mm -hmm. And if that's what's happening, which it seems, I, I kind of get a, a sense that, you know, Hugh Ross isn't, embellishing things to mm -hmm. make his point you know mm -hmm. um i think he's an actually he's a true scientist he's looking at it from that perspective and and uh so i can get what he's saying you know because mm -hmm. we you look at the, the the things in our our world you know the basic sciences like like physics you know or or chemistry mm -hmm. you know it's it always brings you to a place where you're going man God is great. Mm -hmm. And this fits with God's word. Give an example um, in Psalm 139, you know, and I think I brought this up to you last night. You know, we use Psalm 30, 139 to build a case that God knows us before we're born and mm -hmm. is forming us in, in our mother's womb. 
and now David uses some some uh, metaphorical, like in, yeah, <clears throat> metaphorical or uh, allegorical, you know, some poetic language yeah. there. But we go back to that and say, see, this is why <clears throat> one reason why abortion's wrong. You know, right. I mean, we know it's wrong because it's a human life, but we yeah. go back to that scripture. Right. That's a he key scripture. He formed our inward parts in our, mother, in our mother's womb, right? It's exactly. like, okay, so you probably should not be taking out this thing that God has created exactly. from the so, mother's womb. And, um, yeah, and I do think that's a problem that, that Ken Ham had from the get-go. He kind of had on his mind like one, <laughs> one goal, and I don't think he was debating the person he thought he was debating because over and over again Hugh Ross was saying we d I don't believe in evolution I'm not a secular scientist trying to disprove God you know right. and Ken Ham over and over again is talking about evolution is like the leading cause of uh, or millions and billions of years right through and the secular science is is why we're losing people you know in the church and stuff but Hugh Ross is like I think this is a, an amazing tool that we can use for people who are doubting um, God's word to be like, look at um, the evidences for science, you know, because the, the argument Ken was making is when people are taking the secular science as billions of years, and then we can't reconcile that with the Bible. And he Ross is like, well, actually, now we can. So that would be like a big play for <clears throat> why, you know, we, we, we should believe in the old earth because... It does follow the the science of the if if it does follow the science of um, that that has been been coming out, and I think that's where Ken struggled because he's looping Hugh Ross he's in just conflating with, all of that. And yeah. you mentioned this, and I think this is a good point. You mentioned it tonight about how Ken is kind of cutting off all science, um, like at the knees, because he's saying like instead of science, the Bible says this when as Christians, like you're saying, we should not be afraid of science, you know, and, and, um, and them, like he kept saying, like, like they want us, you know, you know, and I'm like, who is this they, you know? Right. Because if, if science really is just exploring God's world, then it's going to prove that the Bible is true because this is God's word. Right. So, you know, exactly. and, um, yeah, so I, I don't think that was the best argument from, from Ken's point yeah. of view. Well, and I, I like what Sean uh, Sean Mc, uh, yeah. Mc, yeah, Sean McDowell was uh, on the panel also. He didn't talk much, but he talked a bit. Mm -hmm. And um, I liked what he said about what you were addressing there with when you're, when you're talking to the secular scientists and you're saying, well, this is where the science leads, and it points to a creator kind of thing. Right. And, and he essentially gave an, uh, an example of well, if you're talking to an atheist and he, you hear an explosion behind you and the atheist says, what's that? And you say, oh, that was nothing. It came from nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, <laughs> it's the, the atheist is going to think you're crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, no. But if you say, well, it was this. Mm -hmm. Now they're going, oh, OK. You know, now they 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 can mm -hmm. actually like good, start like, to hear point. that conversation. Yeah. And I think with that, you can start to build um, a trust in the, the word of God, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I feel like Ken's argument actually works in opposition to building trust. If the observable science is pointing mm -hmm. in this direction, mm -hmm. not to say that, you know, I'm not right. a scientist. I don't know what it's, you know, maybe there is ulterior motives in that. I, I don't know. Yeah. 
but <clears throat> but if it's like I know what you're observing is this, but because God's word mm-hmm. says this, you don't even look at that. Mm-hmm. It's like well, I can't avoid that, right. you know. And and he gave it an, an example, which I thought was. Um, Ken Ken gave an example when he was talking to uh, about um, observing like the past and those kind of things the age you know because that's another another issue historical observational yeah um, and uh, but he said the the um, the science this science helps the Mars rover get to Mars but it doesn't doesn't say how old Mars is kind of thing you know he's using that and my thought was the science that tells you how old Mars is is the same science that gets the rover there Mm. you know Mm -hmm. and I'm going yeah you got to be careful Mm -hmm. because it really is the same science it's Mm -hmm. just it's math it's so (laughs) crazy how math like uh, well and how many and how many things I think Sean brought this out too how many things that the quote-unquote secular science Mm -hmm scientists have come up with that we readily agree with sure you know um even in the medical field and and things like that where it's not like they can't do anything that is going to help anybody because they're secular you know right right. so you know but if they make a medical discovery they made a medical discovery in god's world still even if they don't give credit to to god you know so and and this goes back and i think this is such a key issue and you addressed this a bit because he was conflating evolution with um just the the millions or billions of years and and continually putting those together and kind of wanting to plaster that onto hugh ross kind of thing which was not not accurate um and he was addressing the things that are causing people to flee church yeah and the culture to kind of poo-poo god's word and for sure you know, there's there there are people who they don't trust God's word because, you know, they 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 just don't they, they just don't trust God's word, you know. So and or they've seen hypocrisy in the church or they you know, like there's a lot of issues there. Yeah. But one of my my biggest um, problems, right, not with these guys, but with with the science that's being pushed is not necessarily the length of time, you know, but it's the, it's the, this idea of Darwinian evolution, right? That is the real thing. I think that is, has destroyed people's trust Mm -hmm. and trust in God's word, trust in there even being a God and has destroyed that and the value of man. Because when you make man just another animal, There is no more value. And then you get all of these things that we see in the culture today. You know, you get abortion, you get infanticide, you Mm get, um, you know, people taking their own lives, people, you know, just just going, walking next to somebody and and beating, beating. Yeah, you get slavery, you get all this. It's just, it's because it's this lack of understanding that, that man is not made in God's image. And that, I think, is... Man is made in God's image. (laughs) Right, that they are, you know? Um, But this idea that they're not, it really is the, I think, the crux Mm -hmm. of what has happened to our society. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you see it throughout history, you know? And and it's, you know, the Hutus and the Tutsis in uh, Rwanda, 
you know, their right. goal was to make, I forget which one it was, um, make the other ones look like cockroaches, non-human. Mm. They're not human. They're animals. Mm -hmm. Same thing with Nazi Germany. They're rats. Right. They're, they're pigs. They're this, they're that. Yeah. It's not human anymore. So it's okay to treat them this way. Mm -hmm. And it's, that's what Darwinian evolution has done yeah. in our culture. I think that's such a great point, Jamie, because going into this, because like we were saying before, like I, I had presuppositions going into this whole thing, right? And um, I actually watched this debate a couple years ago, not understanding what, not having an open mind. Let's put it that way. And so what Ken was saying about Hugh, like they're closer than they realize in the sense, because I was so happy that Hugh kept saying, I don't believe in evolution. And one thing that, that, that Hugh said was, this is definable of the Christian faith. It's, it's a, you can't have it without it, is Adam and Eve being born um, in the image of God, separate from animals. Right. You know, and that puts Hugh on a completely different plane than evolutionists, Theistic evolutionist, he said, I'm not a theistic evolutionist, which would mean you still have the evolution of, you know, monkeys to right. humans, God started but, the but, it's, but God is like involved somehow. He was like, I don't believe that um, mankind is made in the image of God and they are different. They are special and they have these, these special characteristics, which gives them value, you know. Um, and I'm so glad that, that, that he said that because before, when you have a presupposition, you just think, like old earth means evolution and, and monkeys to, to humans. And I don't believe that. So, you know, um, and so that's kind of the thing that we're talking about with counterculture that helps is being able to, to um, really see your traditions, the things that you bring into it and kind of be like, okay, I, now I understand a little bit more where he's coming from. And even if I still don't subscribe to his view fully, but at least I'll be like, he's a brother. We have to be so careful, too, because you see people who will, you know, they'll have a opposing viewpoints. And then this one will say something, and then this one will say something, and then this one will write an article about that one. And then this one, yep. and it's like this back and forth. It's tearing. Like, yeah. It's like, listen, you, know, you got to love one another. Yeah. It's okay if you disagree. Work that stuff out. Mm -hmm. Is this person, uh, like, is this person making Christ the, his, his, um, his point? Like, is this yep. the end of his conversation as Christ and the end of your conversation as Christ? Then let's go, yep. you know? And we can work, like, truth is going to show itself for what it is. Mm -hmm. And one of these viewpoints is not right. Right. You know, they can't they both, can't both be, be right. right. Yeah. Um, so truth is going to show itself for what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you just, you, you can't avoid it. Yeah. I, I think. But I love the, that there's <clears throat> evidence that both of these groups, sure. Hugh Ross and Ken Ham and their, and their ministries have led many, many people to Christ. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Through what, exactly what they're doing, you know, through the, the Ken Ham and his ark and the, you know, Noah's, Noah's ark was real, you know, and then Ken Ham with his reasons to believe that there's a creator, yeah. you know, yeah. and so... I'm thankful for that, you know, how they get there, you know, maybe there's yeah, sure. things here or there, but, um, if people are being saved, then that's the main goal, you know, that's so, it, man, that's it. Yeah. Um, so maybe we can get into a couple specific, uh, biblical arguments that they were going over. I don't sure. know if you had anything, uh, 
Did you have anything good or do you just, you know? <laughs> uh, well, some of their, right, their biblical arguments really came down to um, just like you were talking about before, the perspicuity of, of yeah. God's word. And so do you, uh, so they both see God's word as the authority. Mm -hmm. um, but, and I think, I think you mentioned this too, that they, um, Ken Ham is saying God's word and then whatever I see, if it doesn't line up with God's word, is not, it can't be true. You know, at least that maybe that's an oversimplification yeah. of it. Um, but that's the starting point. Then you have Hugh Ross who's saying, I, I think it starts with God's word. But because of what I observe, maybe my understanding is wrong about God's word. Yeah, you know, definitely so. willing to go into scripture and have, you know, maybe more of a um, off base point of view that didn't yeah. come out right <laughs> um, but but he gives a great you know a little testimony he doesn't go into much yeah. but he talks about you know when he's 17 like he's looking at these things and he's going he's looking at the scripture and he's going okay i see that i i, I believe the god's word um but what i'm witnessing yeah it's it's not matching the traditional viewpoint of how that word is being mm -hmm being understood mm -hmm. you know so so it's good that he's it's good that he's looking right? yeah it's good that he's I, looking i am a little bit so. like concerned on what what he means when he says the the literal interpretation of scripture because right, right. he must have he must have mentioned that yes i don't know how many times and i, I think it was kind of to try to bolster his biblical um prowess maybe um, to say, you know, I'm taking it literally too. But like, for instance, he said, I believe in, in six literal days. But he doesn't mean 24 hour periods of days, right? So, so as far, as, I, far as I know, okay. <laughs> right. Uh, that's, I think I had the yeah. same question. I'm going, he said okay, that, six though. literal days. I think his six point. Six literal 24 I, hour days. I think what his point was, is I believe in six, uh, the, yeah. <laughs> 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 is there um there's more than one way to take the word day literally right and i think that was his point but it can give the viewer a completely like skewed understanding because we have in our mind when we say a day we have in our mind what we mean what we know that 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 means and so when he says that then we're like oh so he's like he, he means six 24-hour days but i don't think that's what he means by that so so what he means by literal is not what we think of as a day right. and he didn't go into like what what he meant or what that means you know but um and, you know the same thing with the flood where he says you know i believe in a literal flood right the flood of noah's day and, and noah but um that it wasn't global it was worldwide meaning just the um the inhabitants of the earth and stuff but um i don't know some, just some of his argumentation was just like it's just lacking from a biblical perspective and i'm like if right. you just read scripture i just don't see you coming out with that Right, and um, I I don't know how many times that the Bible says the the whole earth, you know, being flooded, um, you know, and I think this is one of the reasons that God told Noah to build an ark instead of just going to a different location, you know, it's like build an ark because there's not going to be any place to go to to be free from it, you know, 
Um, and then, I mean, even when he said to after, after the flood is, is over and God says to Noah, be fruitful and multiply. So, you know, Hiros' point was that because before that they would have all been in like a clustered spot and stuff. And God told Adam and Eve before Noah, be fruitful and multiply also. So that was Hugh's point that they, Adam and Eve didn't really multiply and they didn't get, get everywhere. But I'm like, look, I think the reason that God told Noah to be fruitful and multiply is because there was no other humans right. on the earth anymore. Right. So, um, so just things like that where it's like, I mean, if you want to stretch it, you know, it's not like, sure. like whatever, but like you, you, you're, um, it's not the clearest thing from scripture. Sure, sure. So, yeah. Got to go know. with the clear things first. Right. And then you interpret the non-clear text mm. yes, by the by clear, the clear text. text. And exactly. I think he's going the other way around, yep. you know. Um, so. well, well, we can get into some of the, like, couple of scriptures that we had brought up, too, and that, um, that they had brought up, which is a, a, actually the, the Romans, Romans 5 and Romans 8. Yeah. And those are, are um, definitely one of the, they're a foundational scripture for, for a young earth, right, and for the fossil record being right. what it is. And because uh, Ken brought up, well, do you see cancer you in know the what well, well first i want to preface it this way like and and maybe i'm yes uh, you are i don't know but <laughs> you don't know i don't know um the ken using the term you know um god made it and said it was good Right. So I'm like, okay, you know, and I've always understood that as, well, sure, it's, it's good. I've never really thought about it that much, yeah. actually. Um, but then when he's using it in his argument, and then he's saying, which I don't like, when he said to, uh, I think he said to Sean mm-hmm. McDowell, he was like, he was like, well, do you think cancer is good? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's such a bad such a bad argument. Yeah, you know? it's definitely not painting the other side in the best light possible. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, it's like, well, hold on a minute, because then that makes me want to question, well, what does that word good mean? Mm-hmm. Is it morally good? Is it physically perfect? Was there no anything mm-hmm. that, was, that caused anything uh, to, to decay? Was there, was it, was, you know, like, yeah. like, what do you mean by good? Yeah. You know, because good is a level because it's and it's not the best level because then he says it's, it's very, very good. good. Right. So, you know, so I think to use that, especially the way that he used it, I, I was like, yeah, ah, well, that's yeah, such that, a bad way to use so, it. Something that I, I try to keep in mind when watching debates is yeah. you don't you don't pick a side exactly. based on the debater. Exactly. Because sometimes people bring up arguments. You're just like, wow, that was really bad. And um it, it, it's not even that it's a bad argument. It's just the way that he presented it. Clearly, it's his score points with his audience. Sure. You know, and even when Ken Ham spoke, a lot of times, like, the audience was clapping and stuff. And because he would speak from such an emotional <laughs> standpoint and, you know, we got to stand up for the, the truth of God's word sure. and stuff like Absolutely. that. That preaches true. really well, it's you true. know. But, yeah. um, but I think going into the specifics of what your biblical arguments are is going to, that's really where the, the rubber meets the road because anybody can say that. Sure. You know, and that, but our belief is not just, well, it just says it on the face of scripture and we don't have to dig into it at all, you know, kind of a thing. That's, that's not where um, the authority of scripture comes from. Right. The authority of scripture is that it's, um, it's alive, you know, and it's breathing. 
Right. So it's like when we dig into it more, the more we dig into it, the more the truth becomes real in our lives. So, yeah, yeah it's just important to, to separate the debater of course. from no, the arguments great. themselves. That's a good know. point for us to definitely remember. You know, some, some people have bad days. Right. <laughs> some people. Not, not everybody. Yeah. But, you you know, had a great day people. today. Oh, it was great. Yeah. <laughs> but not bad after our, actually, yes. after our meeting. Right. It was so awesome, man. So I want to I want to go into this a little bit. And this is off subject. Can I do it? Absolutely. Now? Please All do. Right. Dun, 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 so, dun, dun. And now for something totally different. Yes. <laughs> what we're like, what are one of our mottos really at, at our church is to allow the spirit to work, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of sometimes you got to go with the flow. Right. Maybe all the time you we should it. go with a flow. You said it. But <laughs> I've been waiting for this for this day. <laughs> but but the and and so you have to be open for that. So we are this up in trial. All, <laughs> we're all uh, all of us. Joel and I we're getting ready after counterculture. We're putting stuff away and we're we're chatting. We're trying to get stuff ready for the podcast. And we see a car out in a parking lot, and uh, and I'm like. I don't know what's going on out mm-hmm. there? And I, I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's probably somebody just, you know, maybe, I don't know, trying to case the church or something. But <laughs> Not um, with us. No. And so, but then, then somebody comes walking in the, the, mm-hmm. the front door and it's a, uh, a 40 year old mm-hmm. lady who is just kind of like in she's a really, a, really bad spot. Yeah, at her wit's end, yeah. And she has a, a, a daughter, and, and she's just struggling mm-hmm. very bad, and she doesn't know where to go. Hasn't been to, to Hasn't church, been to church in 30 years. And when she did, it yeah. was a Jehovah's yeah, Witness, a, like um, a kingdom She hall. went to a kingdom hall. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's a, it, she was kind of in that very harsh and it is a harsh environment, very judgmental. Yeah, very works, and, uh, works very performance based. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and uh, so we spent, well, we talked to her for an hour. An hour. Yeah. And uh, we got to, got to share Christ with her, got mm-hmm. to talk to her about um, the reality of, the, of, of a relationship with, mm-hmm. with God, becoming ch- a child of God and, and what that really means. And that, that the life that we have with Christ is is a relationship and it's not a it's not based on how good we do yeah. you know like oh, man. like of course we want to do good but it's again one of my favorite verses now you know work out your salvation with fear and trembling mm-hmm. for it is god who works That's in right. you yep to will and to do of his good pleasure yep. and so it's it's god's working in us mm-hmm. his holy spirit growing up in us so that we bear fruit yeah what killed and, me about her story is she yeah. was like i i I've done so many terrible things. And I didn't feel like any church would accept me, you know. Yeah. And because in a Jehovah's Witness um, scenario, it's very much it's it's prim and proper, you know. And and I don't think they would have accepted her. I think that was what she yeah, was. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. Um. So she came into us, and 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 me and Jamie are like, yeah, because we're so perfect. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um. You know, and so uh, it was great to be able to witness to her and to show her that our perfection is not in ourselves. It is only because we are holding on to Christ for dear life. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and uh, because of what Christ did on the cross for us. Yeah. That way, we don't have to bear our sins anymore, and she can have freedom. Yeah. You know, and, and oh, peace. So yeah. Have all that, all the, the great and precious promises, mm-hmm. you know, that God has for us. That are, uh, like, I can't wait to get into 
I'm not going to get into it this week on Sunday. Mm -hmm. This week I'm going to be talking about something different. But, but when I get into First uh, John again, mm -hmm. you know, I'm coming to that place where it's talking about we don't know what we are going to be when. when oh yeah, when we, oh that is good. Um, uh, yeah, when we. What's it? How's uh, I'm going to be no, preaching. No, I'm forgetting too. But, but essentially, <laughs> when, it when says we, when we yeah. meet him, we'll be, be like, like him, him because we'll see him right. as he is. Yeah. And when you start to like, like that can be so kind of esoteric. It's like, mm -hmm. well, what does that mean? Mm -hmm. You know. And but then you get you get all these references from Paul talking about the revealing of the sons of God in yeah. Romans eight and and all is it it's Romans eight or five yes eight yeah eight yeah. and uh, and it's like grounds. it's like this is so cool yeah you know so I can't wait to do I, that I thought you were talking about the the, the sin that that leads to death no you know that that awesome path <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not asking anybody to pray for that okay <laughs> oh thanks thanks John um, I wasn't thinking of maybe doing you could that. elaborate a little bit on that passage you there know. is a sin that does not lead to death. <laughs> You can pray for that one. <laughs> oh, how am I going to preach on that? What am I going to do with that? Why did I pick First John? Oh, that perspicuity, though. <laughs> yeah, let's find some clear scriptures. Jamie will finally find his voice. <laughs> and uh, so, but but it was so awesome. You know, it, it was. Uh, it was a divine you know, just appointment. one of those, yeah, it's just a divine appointment. And um, like you had mentioned, you know, she was able to come in because we were here. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, the church being open, and that's definitely something that, that I think is really part mm -hmm. of our body to begin with, is that the doors are open. Yeah. Um, I mean, sometimes they're locked, but it doesn't mean they're not open. Right. You know, yeah. so... But it's well. There's stuff going on. Yeah, you know, there's stuff going at, on. There's people who, who, hey, you want to come in? Come on in. Yeah, let's hang out. Yeah. Let's talk. And so we got to pray for her. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm going to be here on Sunday. Yeah, so cool. And that's so great. And her daughter. And and her daughter. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's uh, it's awesome. So, you want to pray for her? Mm -hmm. um, should I give her a name? I don't know. I feel like that's an elder's job. Yeah, let me. Well, <laughs> I won't give her name because I, I didn't talk to her about this, mm -hmm. but, um, but yeah, just pray for her mm -hmm. and, and her situation. So yeah, it's so cool. It was so cool. Yeah. You know, but definitely was like, okay, I guess we're going to wait to do our podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So we're, so we're getting a tired Joel and Jamie. Oh, baby. More tired than usual. One day we won't be tired when we do this. Yes. When we see him. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe when we, when we see him as he is. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, so they get back to the, the Romans passage, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and, but this is, this is a foundational scripture for, um, definitely for a young earth, mm -hmm. you know, belief. Because uh, it it touches on the that I'll just read it and then we'll go into it. I like to preface things before people have any idea what I'm talking about. Yeah. I notice I do. Yeah, that. usually you say like, what, "What's that that verse?" Like, <laughs> there's a lot to give choose me, from. Give me, <laughs> give me something. Anyway. Something, <laughs> or else your answer is gonna be <laughs> I don't know. Um, but uh, this is Romans 5.12. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted 
where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. And so uh, the it's it's this reign of death it's you know so right. so it's this this uh and when ken presented it it was he he had presented the, this argument of well you know how do you get death and cancer and things like that mm-hmm. that corruption prior to adam sinning right and i've i've heard that argument mm-hmm. you know and and uh and that's how i've understood the scripture i i don't know I struggle with that point of view a little bit as I read this and read the context of what what Paul is talking about. Um, and so I, I think it's just something to think about, you yeah. know, and I don't yeah. want to, to go into too much detail, but it, but it seems to be saying this is actually more focused on that sin, the sin of Adam and the death to humankind. Right. That because it says, you know, when you eat of this you'll die yeah you know so um because god's speaking to him directly you know he's not saying when you eat of this all of creation will die kind Mm -hmm. of thing so it's just a a thought yeah you know yeah well Um, um, and romans 8 you know talks a bit about that too to maybe to push back a little bit (laughs) on that that romans 5 passage because i mean obviously like all of scripture is really um you know humans based sure right so um so this would be an inference more than an explicit you know passage but it doesn't mean that's not still what the bible is teaching where in the fall in in romans um in genesis 3 when um when adam eats of the fruit right like what immediately happens god sends that curse of thorns and thistles you're gonna have you're gonna work in pain now you're gonna have bare children in pain now you know um inferring that didn't happen before so i mean you have thorns in the fossil record i believe i don't see why you wouldn't so that would be you know something where it's like well that came from the fall of adam and even though something is based in on humankind in general it doesn't mean that the effects wouldn't have um, spread to that as well for, for instance I don't know why death would not automatically spread to humans as well if death was all in the animal kingdom like was the, the plan for you know animals have been dying for millions of years right and like like dinosaurs and everything and then you get Adam and Eve and they were they were never going to die like it seems like that was just kind of like a part of creation either all the way through or it wasn't a part of creation before then and then once that sin happened, then it's like that triggered something in the creation, sure. which is where Romans 8 comes in too. Um, but just in, in Romans 5 where it says, death, sin entered the world through one man, you know? And like, what's the consequence of sin is death. Sure. You know, and, and <clears throat> the that... The soul that sins will die. Yeah. yeah. But <clears throat> I don't see why that wouldn't also spread to humans and to i mean to animals and everything then um as well because like that's the consequence of sin still even if it's not the specific you know dinosaur that's sinning or something but it's still the consequence of sin is death and so if there wasn't any sin in the world i don't know why there would be death in the animal kingdom sure you know i I understand the argument um i still i still kind of i'm a little and that's why I, mean, I just want to. I, um, I just want to understand it yeah, the yeah. right way. That's yeah. all. So, well, that's why in Romans so eight they're the usually questions. like yeah. paired together in right. Romans eight because it talks about the creation specifically, right? Creation right? Grows, yeah. Where it says that the the creation was subjected to decay, right? You know, not willingly, but but um, in subjection, and that 
makes it. There was a time that creation was not subjected to decay, right? And then there was a time that it was subjected to decay. And if that time is, you know, 65 million years ago, there's no, um, there's no clear like inference from scripture that it would be that. You know, it seems clearly that it's that's at the time that it was subject to two decay would be at the fall. You know, sure. So, well, yeah, I'd, I'd be curious to see what the. I didn't have time to really look into this tonight, but I'd be curious to see what the that actual wording is because, um, like in this, and this is ESV. It says, um, you know, in Romans 8.20, it says, For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself would be set free from its bondage to corruption, mm-hmm. right? And that's, I think, where you're, yeah. where you're going with. And obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. This is an interesting passage, too, because everything around it, it's talking about the heirs in Christ. It's mm-hmm. the glory to be revealed. Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff. So, um, so looking at that in context, I'd like to. Well, well I have to dig into that. Yeah, that, that's why I think yeah. you can make that connection between the human kind of it, and then that also affects creation as well. You know, like in Romans five, when when you're saying they could be separated, the human kind from the right animal kind and the creation but there it seems like it's all connected together you know like when humans sinned creation subjected to corruption right and then when that um when jesus comes back and everything is made right again the creation also is going to be you know like everything is together i get that and i don't see any reason to break them apart i get that uh, i i do i but yeah. there's little how, details I, I don't would, want yeah, I don't want yeah, to get into yeah. too much of it um, without doing more study. But, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I do. I, I struggle a little bit because I don't know if they actually do work together, but um, yeah, it could. So I'm good with that. Yeah. I don't know. But that, that's one of those things. There you go. Like that. There you go like that, yeah. Much better, better. much better. But uh, now I don't hear it the loudest. But that is one of the the definitely a passage. Like those mm-hmm. two passages are kind of the the crux. I mean, of, I, uh, I I wouldn't see the them as as the crux. I would see them as you're 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 trying to form from all of Scripture. So it, like they're I don't think they're the crux though. I, I think the crux is in Genesis still. You know, and then I think those are supplemental. Okay, but sure, that works. Yeah, but but it's definitely a foundational passage to that belief system. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, it's true. Not not as not for me personally. Because if there's no but. and the whole point is is like, well, you can't believe the fossil record because it says that there was no death before Adam. That's why you don't believe the fossil record being old and there was mm-hmm. death before Adam. So you you mm-hmm. can't go with that. Yeah. So it's definitely well, a foundation yeah. to the belief system. Because in yeah. because it doesn't say that there was no death before Adam in to the creation. I have another question about before, that. Before uh, uh, or in Genesis, that's what I'm. Uh, that's all I'm saying. I did want to bring this up yeah, too. I was thinking it. about this. We didn't even end up bringing it up tonight. I don't know how Hugh Ross we is. We talked about a lot of stuff. Yeah, I know. I, I don't know how Hugh Ross is seen in the non-Christian um, old Earth mm-hmm. community because. What is yeah, his views on <clears throat> human fossils 
because you know that the old earth scientists that are atheistic are being like the they're at, the human fossils are going to be at like millions of years old too so but he ross doesn't believe that humans are millions of years old no I, and i mean from what i understand in the oh. fossil record there isn't there the there they claim that the um what, what are they called the precursors to humans uh-huh are in the fossil record millions of years. I, I forget, it's like 1.1 million years or something like that. And that's uh, Homo habilis, maybe. I, I forget which one it is. But then, you know, so with the evolutionary idea, which is really is not scientific, yeah. um, it suggests that, oh, well, yeah, the, the precursor to humans were there. and. But at the actual Homo sapien mm-hmm. has not, I, I don't think that, I, I think they only go back like 150,000 years. And that might be too much. I don't I think mean, that's what, might be, but I don't think that's what Hugh less says. Than that. I think Hugh says only a couple thousand years. Yeah, a few years. thousand years. Sure. So, so even still, yeah. there's a how, gap how do there. You, yeah, how do you justify that? Yeah. Right? How, do you, how do you get that to, yeah. to harmonize? Because right. Ken's argument was like, you're pretty much just going along with all the secular science. And Hugh was saying like, well, science is science kind of a thing. But it's like, but I don't think that he's going along, that Hugh Ross is going along with all in the yeah, scientific no. community on that. I'm sure not. Is he being consistent? Sure. You know, that's always the thing, yeah. right? It's being consistent. And it's, uh, it's good to be consistent. Yeah. And it's hard to be consistent, you know, because mm-hmm. it's hard to think about everything that precisely to make sure that every bit of what you're thinking mm-hmm. is lined up consistently. Mm-hmm. You know, especially it when you an have amazing the, amount of, especially when you have the word of God yeah. that you also have to, and that's why you, you kind of have to start with one and go to the other or the vice versa, you know? Right. And that's really what it seems like it's yeah. doing. Cause Ken Ham is like, look, I know, I know the Bible uh, and we don't really know science because you know, it's kind of wishy-washy on some points. Hugh Ross is like, look, I know science and he says, I know the Bible, but I think he's like, I, I mean, to me, it seems like he's a little wishy-washy on some points in the Bible too. You know, um, I'd kind of like to be where, where Ken is, you know, because I think scripture sure. is yeah, ultimately you can, is you the truth, you know, right. where, um, where it's true. Some things in the scientific community, you know, come back and, and are not true. Well, also we, we run into we that should, for sure. Yeah. Know. We should bring up this point too. Cause, um, we, we went into this a little bit last week too, of, you know, after the um, Genesis chapter 8, right, where, where God says now things are happening the way that we see them today still, right? But before then, you have the flood, you have the creation with the days of creation and everything. Those are miraculous events that wouldn't necessarily be following the same lines of, of physics and, and, <clears throat> and science that we see right, today still. Right. And um, so I, I think that came out again tonight, you know, because Ken Ham is like, look, this is what happened in Genesis and science might not be able to like see this miracle in the sky because it was like a one-time event and we don't exactly know what God used sure. know, to do that and stuff. And then in Genesis 8, after all of that, you know, when God says, I'm going to keep the, the times and the seasons from, like now consistent, you know, right. through it all. And um, uh, Tommy, one of our members at Counterculture brought up a really good point too, because he was saying, Adam 
live to be 900 years old. Right, right. That's a good point. Right, and and you see the ge- the generation of the genealogies in scripture of that. But um, now, obviously, nobody lives to that long, you know. And and Hiros's whole point is the f- laws of physics and the laws of all this right. stuff always remain the, the same. same. And Tommy's like, look, there's obviously not the same. Something changed. And it's so interesting that right after the flood, Jesus, I mean, not Jesus, okay. Maybe it's Jesus, <laughs> you know, he's God, obviously. So, but um, God, at, at, some, at least God, he says, <laughs> I don't know how to make that sound Three better. One. There we go. He says, uh, after the flood, your days will be 120 years and no more than that. And so, like, meaning before then, like, something changed, sure. you know, between then. And so I don't think Hugh's point, like, lands from a biblical perspective that everything is always the same since, like, yeah, no, after, that's a good point. You know, that after really the flood, good. I can see that, you know, God says that after the flood. Sure. And we still see that today. Like, nobody lives to be more than, like, yeah, these are the new, years. new rules. Unless you're Elf in J.R.R. Tolkien's yeah. The Lord of the Rings. These are the new rules. Um, right. And... We're not going to follow the old rules anymore because, you know, you're desperately wicked, kind of, you know, so right. this doesn't work anymore. Right. God's like, um, I'm sick of seeing your sin for, for hundreds and hundreds I can't, of years. I can't watch this anymore. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like, that's, 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 that's got to be, point. that has to be explained. Yeah. You know? The, like, the one thing, though, which I, I... Maybe it is, you know, and, and you look into it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Ken did this, but I didn't, I didn't notice it, um, was... He didn't really answer the observations of like, mm-hmm. w- well, if the astrophysicists are looking at this and this is what it says. He didn't say, he didn't give any standpoint of like, well, yeah, it looks like that, but um, this is what I believe, mm-hmm. that God made it and right. he set these things in motion to look like this. Kind of thing, right? You yeah. know where I think Lyle did. Um, well, Ken, but Ken did does not have yeah. a background in science whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, so okay. he has people in his team, you <laughs> sure. know, that are sure. astrophysicists and you know, like like Lyle and other people who will who would have an explanation for those things. Sure. But you know, putting Ken up against Hugh but in it, terms of that, but you would think he would a, have an answer though. To it's it, it's more of a philosophical belief answer, you know, because it wouldn't mm-hmm. be necessarily scientific. It's like, yeah, we, we observe that stuff or yeah, you observe that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, it, the way that I look at it is God made it. He made it this way. And mm-hmm. just because it looks like that, yeah, we see that, but it doesn't mean that, mm-hmm. you know, that could be something that he put in place after. Like you're saying, right, right. Noah just having a model to be like, this is yeah. how we we would answer that, and that it can still be yeah. consistent with what we see today. Right. Instead of saying, do we know everything about right. you know <laughs> stars or whatever it is, yeah, yeah, where yeah. it's like that is not going to be a satisfying answer, really, you know, to to, sure. to most people. Yeah, it's one thing you know, if I you know if somebody said, well, how do you how do you um, harmonize the it's my new word for tonight. That's harmonize. Yeah, I um, love harmony as a music teacher. Yeah, I, I know you do too. Yeah, um, but you can't uh, even say the "I don't know" phrase right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, that was probably the best one you did. <laughs> but uh, but but like uh, if I, I I could, you know, if someone were to ask me, you know, a, as a young Earth creationist, and say, "Well, how would you harmonize mm-hmm. the evidence that we see?" Right. And instead of me saying, well, you're, you're just, your science is wrong. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, actually, this is how I would do it. Well, right. God made it, 
and he put it in in place this way. Yeah. And then we could go into the fall. We yeah. could go into those kind of things sure. and say, well, and it, it it was definitely made in the six days. And then the way I would understand it is that these processes came into effect after this point right. or whatever. Exactly. Right. And like, and it's kind of pretty much what Lyle said. Right. You know, but but not having that to say right. yeah. instead of it's just a I mean his, his thing and and again we don't want to pick on the debater um, but but it was like it's like dude you just said all of science mm-hmm. that doesn't agree with you mm-hmm. is wrong mm-hmm. and it's like uh, yeah it, it's totally or all naturalistic science it, it's it's bad you can't use it and mm-hmm. I'm going yeah he, like yeah, uh, if it's real science, like, it's just observation. It would be like if if somebody went up to Hugh Ross and was like, "Hey, Hugh, how do you deal with trees coming before the sun in uh, the days of creation?" And if Hugh Ross was like, "Well, don't worry about that. Just look at creation. Obviously, photosynthesis needs the sun to sure. be able to whatever, sure. you know." And then somebody's like, "Wait, wait, you're a Christian? Don't right. you like have to like at least try to like make this work with the Bible, <laughs> right. you know?" And so we should be able to do the other thing too, you know, for, uh, if, if that's what the Bible really is teaching about, like say plants and, and, and the sun or, um, what did you just mention? Like the laws of physics being yeah. put into effect after, sure. you know, a certain point, right. which, you know, and that could be a, it could be a product of the fall, you know, because you get yeah. the law of entropy, right. You know, you get these things that, that right. there's a decay rate to everything, right. you know, it's like, yeah, Newton, maybe there Newton's was laws, none of right. that prior to the fall right you know yeah. and so it's like at least have that kind of an answer yeah where it's like well this is how this makes sense yeah instead of you're those guys they're just evil and <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. And they're, they're just pursuing their their own ends the and secular it's like science is taking our kids away from the church <laughs> that's <laughs> right it's like no well on, i mean man. they're called answers in genesis right i love yeah. answers in genesis you need to have answers then yeah you can't, yeah. you can't just say, well, we stand on God's word. It's like, that's totally fine. Like, I love that sure. about it. But even with that, like just saying we stand on God's word, it's like, can you walk me through this in scripture at sure. least? And then you should still be able to walk, you know, walk you through the, sure. and how, how does, this works yeah. in the world. Not know? that he doesn't do that in other situations. Right. right. You know, just, I, just I don't tonight, know. It seemed, you know, it just seemed, yeah. it was just like, ah, oh, he could have done so much better. Yeah. But again, yeah. you know, some, yeah, sometimes you just have bad nights, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. but, uh, and, and it has a lot to do with, you know, that, that same kind of point of view where it's like, well, God's word says it. So therefore kind of, mm-hmm. and that's good. Like that's, that's, that's where we have to end up. Right. But if I go to a, you know, if I'm trying to be an apologist and I'm trying to share yeah. the gospel and somebody says, well, I disagree with that. It's like, well, I don't care if you disagree with, you're just wrong. Right. It's like, well. I'm not building any rapport with yeah. these people, you know? And it's like, maybe, maybe I would do that on a soapbox, you know, if yeah. I'm preaching open air, right, right. but if I'm one-on-one with somebody, yeah. I want to be able to, well, let me help understand what your, what mm-hmm. your issues are mm-hmm. and let's talk through them and let me help explain why this makes sense. Mm-hmm. Especially because science is going to harmonize with Absolutely. scripture still. So, Absolutely. you know, yeah. like, so there's, we don't have to be afraid to like take the scientific road, right. you know, or, right. or like you say, take it where it leads you, you know, yeah. but live in the Bible, you know, because the Bible is it's God's, sure. God speaking to us. Amen. You know, amen. So, so I think we're locked in with something that we want to do next week. 
Okay. I think we should. Cool. I, I will switch gears a little bit. So somebody said that we've been doing only science, and they were wrong, <laughs> of course. But Christians don't do science, do <clears throat> Yeah. Oh, at counterculture, just touching on scientific things, which is not accurate, but whatever. People can be mistaken sometimes. They're wrong. Just say they're wrong. All right, they're wrong. There we go. Um, After our whole talk. <laughs> but the uh, I want to switch it up a little bit and get into, like, church stuff you know the structure of church or or um uh, beliefs in church you know so somebody had brought up tonight progressive christianity mm -hmm. and i think we should touch on that i think that would be a good thing we've mm -hmm. done it in the past and i i have a bunch of material on it mm -hmm. um there's a whole website actually i, I it's a, a i think it's progressive org or something you're on there like every day oh yeah yeah that's where i get all my my doctrine from that's i thought okay. my doctrinal teaching i was wondering where you got that from okay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway so we'll probably get into that next week we finished up or what? yeah i think so i think that, this was that's, a good talk i think you're all caught up yeah we're all caught up all caught baby. up yep all right so thanks for joining us for counterculture catch up uh if you enjoyed our conversation tonight we would love to have you involved in it comment go to yes. freedom church nj youtube go to is it freedom church nj for apple podcasts yes. and google? google yeah awesome i don't know this because i always use youtube for stuff yeah um james is not the most technological person yeah. and so so definitely comment he's the most perspicuous so, pastor i'll tell you that much <laughs> As long as I'm not something else that sounds like that. Um, <laughs> so definitely hit the like button. Subscribe to Freedom Church NJ. If you don't have a home church, if, if by some chance you're in Bulgaria. Bulgaria. That's where I'm telling you, man. Um, you can There's go online and watch the, watch the services or take a flight. And I think you don't have to wear a mask. And you can come to Freedom Church on Sunday. At I mean, 9 if there's any incentive to come to, from Bulgaria to New Jersey, it's that. It's you don't that. have to wear a mask. You don't have to wear a mask. Um, oh, well, in that case, we probably have maybe better food. I don't know. I wouldn't. Uh, I don't think I would say that. I don't know what Bulgarian food. I don't know. No. Um, That's just terrible. And if you like it, come out on Friday, Fridays at seven thirty for counterculture. Uh, uh, Freedom Church NJ and remember that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Christ. Amen. Amen. And this is how it's done.